0: I believe this is the last message of the Transform series. I'm going to go ahead and jump right in. But, man, again, thank you for the testimony. How awesome that was, and we appreciate the Gideon ministry so much. The series text has been Romans 12, 2. It says, do not conform to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your minds. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, his pleasing, and perfect will. God's will is good for you. God's will is pleasing for you. And God's will is perfect for you. And you're able to determine that and live like Christ wants you to live. When you renew your mind, you receive Christ, and you're transformed, the scripture says, by the renewing of our minds. So we're understanding that our mind is so important. The thoughts that we allow in our mind is so important. We've discovered that the mind is a battlefield, that Satan will try to put thoughts in your mind to get you to accept them, and you are not to trust every thought that comes in your mind. Those thoughts, the scripture says, with thoughts from the enemy, that we must take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. So if you're not rebuking the enemy when it comes to your thought life, most likely you are receiving the thoughts that he's given you. And you can't trust them. It's a battlefield. The Bible says we must wage war. And we talked about how we're to put on the full armor of God. And that armor was provided for us by Jesus, the work that he did for us. And as we put on that full armor of God, we're able to renew our minds. We're able to protect our mind. So we're going to take this a little further today. And talk about the reason why, man, we want to be transformed. 2 Corinthians is our key text for today. Look at this. It says, and we all with unveiled face, beholding the glory of God, are being transformed into the same image, the image of Christ, from one degree of glory to another. The longer we live for Christ, the more we should be looking like Christ. Not in our ability, but the glory of God in us, working in us, his power working in us, It's transforming us to be more like Christ. From one degree of glory to another, for this comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. And the reason we want to be transformed is to live out the will of God Glorifying God, and we want to be more like Christ. The message is titled, Like Christ. Not the thumbs up we do on social media. We want to be like him. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you so much for every person here today. I thank you, Lord God, that you have a plan and purpose. I'm thankful that we, Lord God, have heard the good news of Jesus. And today, Lord, you are perfecting us, you're working in us, you're giving us victory. We're becoming more like you, Jesus. And that's what we desire today. Now, Lord, speak to our hearts. Church, would you pray it with me? Lord, speak to my heart, change my life in Jesus' name. The scripture teaches us in Acts that it was in Antioch that believers were first called Christians. The the new believers, the apostles, never referred to themselves as Christians during that time. They referred to themselves as saints. They referred to themselves as um, those who are part of the way. They were uh, if, uh, referred to themselves as disciples, but not the word Christian. The word Christian was given in by those in Antioch to describe them, and the word. Christian, the Greek word for Christian is Christus, meaning Christ, or Messiah, and Anum, Anum, A-N-U-M, meaning of or pertaining to. So when they were given that label, it was saying that these people belong to Christ. They belong. And isn't what, that's what the scripture says of us, that we were purchased with a price? that we are not our own. But that term, Christian, has really been weakened through the years, hasn't it, generations. Now, especially in the Bible Belt, where there is a church on every corner in Mississippi, that you can just say, I believe there is Jesus and God, and I can go to a church, and then you're labeled a Christian. But reality is that God considers those who would say I am a Christian to be a representative of Christ. Colossians says this, if whatever you do or say, do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. So when we say that we are Christian, we are actually saying that if you look at me, you'll see some of the same qualities that Christ has. Ooh, that's heavy. Now thankfully, we are all being transformed. There's still some work to do. I got some work to do in my life. What about you? But we are to yield ourselves as a lump of clay to the potter and being shaped into the image of Jesus. And if we want to be a representative of Christ, we better start thinking like Christ. said that we're to be transformed. I want to give you three thoughts to think. Three thoughts. If we want to be like Christ, we must think like Christ. And before you think, there is no way I can think like Christ. Let's look at what the Word says. The first truth to think. If you're taking notes, number one, I can think like Christ because I have the mind of Christ. This is what your scripture says, that you, as a follower of Christ, can have the mind of Christ. Let's look at it in scripture, 1 Corinthians 2.16. For who has understood the mind of the Lord so as to instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. Thankfully, we became a new creation when we accepted Christ into our life. The scripture says, all things are gone. Behold, all things become new. That we have a new mind, a new ability to think like Christ. Now, thankfully, we got help. We're going to look at that. But you can have the mind of Christ. You cannot use the excuse. I cannot use the excuse. That's just the way I think. Well, was dangerous with the way I used to think. And I'm thankful that I have a new mind that Christ has given me with my new life in him. Ephesians tells us about that. It says, look, to put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires... And to be renewed in the spirit of your minds and to put on the new self, say new self if you would, created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. I'm so thankful that I don't have to think the way I used to think. You don't either. The second truth to think is I can think like Christ because I have the spirit of Christ. We have the mind of Christ because we have some help, and it's the Spirit of Christ living in us. Talked about this last week, how the Holy Spirit helps us to think thoughts that are agreed with Christ. He helps you to think about Scripture. He helps you to think good thoughts. He helps you to think truthful thoughts. Jesus said this about him, he said, when the Spirit of truth comes, and he has, he came at the day of Pentecost, when he comes, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will declare to you the things that are to come. He will give you the truth about your past. Hopefully, for you, it's been washed by the blood. So many times in my life, I start thinking there'll be a song that would come on, a song that... Uh, back in that day, there were some ungodly things that I was doing tied to that song. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? And song has a power. Be very careful with that. There are some songs I refuse to listen to. If it's playing, I'm going to leave because it puts me right back to what I was doing at that time. It has that kind of kind of memory connection, things that I'm a very uh, ashamed of, and. Those things, I don't want to have place in my mind anymore. And the Holy Spirit will remind me that's forgiven. All of that in the past is in the past. Doesn't that feel good? He'll help you to to know the truth about your past. He'll help you know the truth about your present. Man, what's going on today? You may be going through a hard time right now, and he'll give you thoughts of God is faithful. He's going to work it out for you. All things together, he works together for good. That's the work of the Holy Spirit, and he will help you with the future. God's going to take care of you. He's been faithful. He's got plans for you. The Holy Spirit helps us to have the mind of Christ. He leads us to the truth, which is Christ, which is his word, so we can think like Christ because we have the spirit of Christ. The third truth, these are truths that you can think. You ready? Verse uh, number three, I can think like Christ because I have the ability to control my mind. You have the ability. That comes with the help of the Holy Spirit. There's a part for me and you to play, though. We have a choice to make. I can take garbage in, and when I do, garbage is going to come out, right? Right? I can just let my mind think all kinds of thoughts, even being prompted by the Holy Spirit. That's not good. That's not right. Don't think that. I can just sort of go with it. I have a choice with the Holy Spirit within me. And I know he He does the same for all of us, that as soon as my mind gets into a train of thought, we talked about that last week, that the Holy Spirit will say, wait a minute, I've had him tell me this. What are you thinking? Like, what, what am I thinking? And I have a choice. I have the choice to take that thought captive and subject it to Christ. So the thought that says, I'll never overcome this, oh, wait a minute, the Holy Spirit will say, ah, wait. And I can take that thought and and see if it's obedient to Christ. Is that what Christ says, that I'll never overcome? It isn't. So I have the ability, I have a choice, you do too. We just have to understand we got a choice. We have self-control. The scripture says in 2 Timothy, for God did not give you a spirit of timidity or cowardice or fear, but he has given us a spirit of power and of love And of sound judgment, this is the amplified, look at how it says this. Your version may say, for God did not give you a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and self-control. Here it says, a sound judgment and personal discipline, abilities that result in a calm, well-balanced mind and self-control. Man, how many of us really just say right now, I need to do a better job at that. Self-control, and I don't think that's many of us, that, man, to have, I can have control over my mind with the help of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit helps us to do that so we can think like Christ. You know, before the Holy Spirit entered my life, I couldn't help. My mind was set on what pleased me. Those things that were not good for me whatsoever, they were far from the Word of God. They were far from the will of God. The Bible says this in Romans 8, for those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires, or the things of the flesh. Let me read it again. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. That's your mindset before Christ. You just thought about what pleased you, what pleased your flesh. Now, could you could you do good back then? Yeah, yeah we still do good. I mean, we, we still had some good raising and some things in us that some good came out of it. But most of the time, it was, what am I going to do to please my flesh? How many of you were cre- creative when it came to be able to do ungodly things? Would you raise your hand, let the Lord love on you? Me too. Man, if there wasn't no party going on, I could create my own party. What about you? Get creative, looking for it. And that was our mindset. Our mindset was to please our flesh, which we know lines up with that pattern of the world, ungodliness. But thankfully, look at this. But those who live according to the Spirit, that's the capital S for the Holy Spirit, set their minds on the things of the Spirit. The Spirit helps us with that. He helps us to have a new mindset, a new pattern of thinking. Verse 6, for to set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the Spirit is life and peace. And the Holy Spirit is there to help you to have that new mindset. He uses God's word. He leads you by truth. That me and you don't have to go to that old mindset which leads to destruction, which leads to death, that we can have a new mindset, the mind of Christ that leads us to life and peace. So we talked about that battlefield. And if you wouldn't hear, go back and watch that message, uh, that the, the battle, how we can win the battle. But today I wanna help us because it would be better for us to stop some of those thoughts before they get here, right? And. I wanna give you four gates of the mind, okay? Four gates. These are ways that thoughts get into your mind, okay? Four gates, we got them, every one of us. The first one is obvious is the eye gate. What you allow yourself to see impacts what you think. So important for you to watch what you see. For those that have looked at pornography, those images will stay with you for your life. You'll have to constantly cast those down. Why? Because Satan will bring those things back to you. And the truth is I'm thankful that God renews our mind. It's so important for us to have our minds renewed because certain things that trigger those neurons in our brain <clears throat> neurologists and, and other doctors say that those neurons create a pathway in your brain, a mindset, a stronghold, if you will, that just stays with you. That's just the way your mind goes. <clears throat> but thankfully, God gives us a new mind and we can have the mind of Christ. And it's so important for us to renew our minds. We don't have to be controlled by what Satan would try to put in our minds. But it's it's so important for us to watch what we see with our eyes. Don't put yourself there. Don't put yourself in situations. Don't put yourself in movies that you know you're going to see things that you should not see. Because once the image is captured by your mind, you understand Satan will exploit that in your mind and give it to you over and over and over again. Jesus said, the eye is the lamp of the body. So if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light in you is darkness, how great is the darkness? I have a little thing that's not original with me. I heard it through ministry, and I thought, man, this is a good principle. And I live by it. And I just want to give it to you. It's called the the second, second rule. Now, Patty says I don't say second, right? I know, I understand. It's first, second. That's the second I'm thinking about, talking about. And it's called the second, second rule. That I should guard my eyes all the time and not put myself in situations that I know that's going to be bad for my mind images but if I'm watching TV, and for an example, I've used this example before, and thankfully I don't see them that much oft, as much as I used to on TV, but a commercial would come on, say, Victoria's Secret commercial. She'd have lost all of her secrets, hadn't she? And I, I'm watching something wholesome on TV, trying to be very careful, then all of a sudden that kind of commercial would come on, and I really can't help that first second. It's the second second that I'm accountable for. Now I should do whatever I can to eliminate that first second, right? But when it happens, that first second, I don't have to say, oh God, I'm so sorry. I should have never allowed my eyes to see that. It's the second second that I'm accountable for. And knowing that, you have to have, I I try to have quick reflex. And I actually get mad because I understand what's behind that. Yeah, they think they're just selling stuff to ladies. But the devil's selling something a whole lot worse. Your eyes. Job said this, I made a covenant with my eyes not to look lustfully at a young woman. Did you know Jesus said is that if you look at a woman and you desire to have her, that you've committed adultery already with her. Your eyes are so important. Be very careful what you allow your eyes to see. It captures images for your brain. Protect that, that's a, a heavy influence on your mind, the eye gate. The second one is the ear gate. Oh, be careful what you hear. Watch what you allow yourself to hear, especially this day and time, even things that come across as good. I saw on Facebook somebody was saying that there's actually a Ouija board kind of game for Christians called the Holy Spirit board, I think it was. And I know that's more of the eye game, but you hear about that, a little kid hears, oh, there's a game that we can listen to the Holy Spirit. How demonic, and there's a lot of deception in the land. Be very careful the teaching you allow yourself to hear. Make sure it lines up with God's word. And the scripture says in the last days, Paul's telling Timothy, he said, for a time is coming, can I tell you it's here? When people will not endure sound teaching, this is the second Timothy, but having itching ears, they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passion." Make sure what you hear lines up with what God says. Be very careful what you hear. Pastor, you don't understand. I'm around people that cusses all day long. Believe it or not, I haven't been in ministry all my life. I have been in the workforce. I know how it is. There's ways to have victory over that. You hear that cussing going on all the time. Those words get in your mind. Fix to help you with that. Once you hear that cuss word, just instantly say, praise the Lord. What? Yeah, praise the Lord. If they hear you, they're going to say, oh, they used to call me preacher at work long before I was a preacher. There's a battle, and I don't want that garbage in my mind. Can I ask you, I've heard people cuss God. Why aren't they cussing the devil? Why ain't anybody using the devil's name in vain? That tells you where the power is, right? So you just speak against. Don't let that stuff get in your mind. Don't receive that. Your ear gate hears it. Speak out against that. Let me give you another one, the spirit gate. We are spirit beings, okay? We are spirit beings. We live in a body, and we have a soul, but you are an eternal spirit being. And we've talked quite a bit on how the enemy will try to put thoughts in your mind. He does that. He's a spirit being. Thankfully, the Holy Spirit is a spirit being. They speak to your spirit. They speak to your spirit thoughts that will be received in your mind. But thankfully, when your Holy Spirit is working in you, the Holy Spirit is working with your spirit, you can catch it before it ever really gets into your mind, or as soon as it does, you can reject that. But that's the way the spirit world speaks to you, to your spirit. And hopefully your spirit is alive in Christ, listening to Christ, taking in his word, and the, the spirit within you, will, the Holy Spirit will communicate with that spirit within you so you can guard your mind. Let me give you one other one, and um, this is really related to number three, but I wanted to include it, the conscience gate. Thankfully, we were all given a conscience by God. It's a part of our spirit. But did you know you can harm your conscience? You can actually do damage to your conscience. And and I see the conscience as the, the moral guard over your mind, over your heart. It's what God gave you to help you to know right and wrong. And God deals with our conscience. I'm so thankful the Holy Spirit will even deal with our conscience. Look at what Titus says. To the pure, all things are pure. But to the defiled and unbelieving, nothing is pure. But both their minds and their consciences are defiled. And we can allow things in our mind that can defile our conscience. And then our conscience is damaged so we are not alerted Morally, when the things come our way or in our minds, we just receive it. But I'm thankful the Holy Spirit works with us, aren't you? Man, There are some things that I used to think were okay. And the Holy Spirit changing me more like Christ, now I have a different view of that, that I don't need that. I, that's not good for me. And that's the work of the Lord, working with my spirit, working in my conscience, working with my eye gate and and ear gate, he helps us to have victory so we can think like Christ, amen? Okay, so how does Christ think? That's the question that I want to know. What does Christ think? I think sometimes Christ laughs at me. What about y'all? Do you? I think Philippians gives us a good idea, though, of some of the thoughts that Christ would have. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there's anything excellent, if there is anything worthy of praise, look at what the scripture says, think about these things. Christ has good thoughts about you he has pure thoughts just thoughts lovely thoughts about you and the scripture teaches us that we can have these kind of thoughts ourselves if I'll, if you want to know what somebody thinks listen to them when they're going through a hard time when they're going through a through a difficult situation you'll understand their pattern of thought their their mindset, because we can pretend for a little while, can't we? Now, let's go in closing to the a very difficult time for Christ. He's hanging on a cross. If we could understand the torture that he endured, we would be more appreciative of the price that was paid. We pretty Jesus up for images in church. Flesh was hanging off his back. The Scripture says that he was marred beyond human form. Naked, he didn't have a cloth that I can tell. Humiliated, disfigured for you and me. For him to speak, and we're gonna look at, at a few things that reveal his mindset, what he spoke, but for him to speak, doctors say that he would have to lift his body up by pushing on those nails in his feet and pulling on those nails in his wrists to get enough oxygen in his lungs they were filling up with fluids. It wasn't a casual conversation like we see in the movies. Every word was pain riddled. For him to have a word to say, it was very calculated. And in Luke 23, when it says that he was hanging on the cross, he said he looked at those out there and he, and he said this, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And it follows up with, and they cast lots to divide his garments. The soldiers, this is a man that he had done nothing wrong. Those that he had ministered to, I guarantee were some of the same ones that earlier cried, crucify him. Those that he actually done miracles for were standing there watching and maybe even during, we're not sure. And the soldiers who had beat him mercilessly, excuse me, mercilessly, are now as he's suffering on that cross, or saying, hey, I want that piece of the garment. That'll look good on my on with my wardrobe. And he says, Father, forgive them. And the thought, the mindset of Christ during that horrible moment is this unreasonable forgiveness. It don't make sense, does it? Unreasonable it's not even comprehensible that how he could say, Father, forgive them for they don't know what they're doing. And aren't you glad that he did say that? Because all of us has treated as a very light thing what he's done for us. That maybe some of us, like me, knew about his story, knew what he did for me, accepted him as a young child, but then I turned or walked away from him. I'm thankful that he has that mindset of unreasonable forgiveness toward us. And let's make it real between me and you. We're fixing to pray in just a moment. But that means we also should have unreasonable forgiveness for others. If we have the mind of Christ and the scripture says we have, we have the Holy Spirit helping us, the good news is that we also can have unreasonable forgiveness. Because we have received forgiveness, we can have the same for others. It don't make sense why I would forgive them, but I release them and let them go in the name of Jesus. I forgive. Jesus said, Peter came up to him and said, Lord, how often will my brother sin against me and I forgive him, Matthew 18? As many as seven times, Peter was feeling pretty good about himself. Nor should I even do it seven times? And some theologians say that is a, in a day. He's talking about, Lord, I, I'll forgive him in a day, seven times. Look at what Jesus said. I do not say to you seven times, verse 22, but 77 times. So many times that I don't even keep record of it. Well, pastor, how can we do that? Because we can have the mind of Christ, we have the Holy Spirit, that we can have that same mindset and have unreasonable forgiveness. That I forgive. A couple of more thoughts that we see Christ have, a couple of more mindsets while he's on the cross. One gospel says that, that the thieves that were hung with him, crucified with him, cursed him. But then Luke's account says that one of them made a plea. So both he, both cursed, but then one had a change of mind. Praise God for that. And he said, Would you remember me when you come into your kingdom? And in Luke 23, it says, truly, I tell you today, you will be with me in paradise. Jesus' mindset on the cross, number two, is undeniable love. Isn't that so good? Are you so thankful that God has undeniable love for you and for me, that he forgives us? When he should not, he loves us when he should not. We can can make a commitment to him and we can break the commitment and do what we said we wouldn't do, and yet we can come back to him. He'll forgive us because he loves us so much. It's undeniable he won't turn you away. If you'll come to him, he receives you again undeniable. I don't know about you, but if somebody does me one time, <laughs> I'm not too uh, willing for them to do me that same way again. What's so the old saying? Fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. I'm so thankful that's not rec- uh, what Christ says about me. And because of that, I can have that his mindset that i can love others when i should not that's hard i know but we can have the mind of christ and he wants to help us there's blessings attached to every one of these mindsets and the scripture says you have heard that it was said you shall love your enemy and hate i love your neighbor and hate your enemy but i say to you jesus said love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you this is what jesus said you and i can do well, that just don't seem fair. I just got to give them a piece of my mind. We're talking about pleasing God, having a blessing on your life. It's worth it. So that you may be sons of your father who is in heaven. Would you stand? I'll give you the last one. And boy, old Drew and Kelly's my good example for this one. I laughed at one of those pictures where Kelly was laying out in the middle of the road. Man, He looked like roadkill on that. Lay it in the center line. I was like, man, I hope my car ain't coming. I think you wanted one to come, didn't you? And I did did think about y'all when uh, God gave me this third point, unwavering commitment. Unwavering commitment. Man, don't we need more commitment in the body of Christ? Don't we need more commitment to the things of the Lord? You know, commitments is a decision that you make long before the feelings of quitting and giving up come along. I'm gonna say it one more time. A, decis- a commitment is a decision that you make long before the feelings and the thoughts of giving up and quitting come along. And don't we need that in our marriages? If you if your marriage is based on feelings, uh, you got about three days. When I counsel folks before I marry them, I, I, there's not a lot of marriages I'm weddings I'm happy about, and um, I try to talk them out of it. And I tell them, you ought to see the shock on their face when I'm telling them, you got a month. It's not too late. You can call it off unless Jesus is gonna be the center of your marriage. And that means the center of your life, I would call it off if I was you. It's a commitment, not by those feelings. And Jesus was committed to finish it out on Luke 23. This is what Jesus, let me read these scriptures. While the sun's light felled, and the curtain of the temple was torn in two. I'm so thankful it was. That means we can go into the holy place and worship. Then Jesus calling out with a loud voice said, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. And having said this, he breathed his last. One gospel said, he included some extra words that said, it is finished. Have you already made a commitment like Christ that's unwavering? This is where your true victory comes in Christianity. When you say, God, I'm going to serve you for the rest of my life. I know I am all, I. I you got a lot of work to do here. I know that I. I, I you'd rather not. I have to go through all it is with me coming along, but I'm telling you, you stuck with me. I'm going to serve you for the rest of my days. Unwavering. I have no other plan B. Do you? When it comes to Jesus, you got to get there. When it comes to those things that are really important for you to commit to, you got to erase plan B. Let me jump back on marriage just for a moment. I don't know why the Lord, but maybe he's got a reason. That me and Patty, when we got married, we said we will not say the D word. It's not an option for us. So it makes us really work through some things really fast. We're either going to be miserable for the rest of our life, or we're going to get over it and move on, right? And with Christianity, you got to erase the second plan, the plan B. I'm coming after you. I'm committing to you, Lord. I tell tell people this. Commit wholeheartedly to Jesus for one year, to his church, to his house. If it ain't this house, find you a Bible preaching house. Commit fully, everything, all in for one year with Jesus. And if you don't see life change and blessing, you come talk to me. You may be able to convert me to your way. It ain't going to happen. Colossians says, whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the inheritance as your reward. You are serving the Lord Jesus. Kelly, you out there putting your body through all of that for some teenagers. The thing is, I understand, we got good teenagers, but they don't understand what it took for you to do that. The body, the mental, all of that. But you know what? You did it for teenagers. You did it for Jesus. Drew, man. Yeah, we can give them a big round of applause. There's no telling. I don't mind saying this. There's no telling what it costs these men to do what they just did for good things, for a man who's still working trying to provide for his family he doesn't have the option to stop he's got cancer and he's still working he's gonna be doing some flooring for me the, the the man that drew is raising money for his beautiful family he doesn't have an option and, and you did it for him drew but you did it for jesus hear me jesus keeps good records and I laughed at some of those videos. I don't mind telling you. I mean, how many times I heard Drew say, it, "I just wanted to quit." <laughs> I mean, I would have had that thought the first mile. As a matter of fact, on my way to Na- on my way to Nashville, as long as it took you to get to Nashville by car, I thought, "No, no, no, no." But when you commit to something, you just do it. You override those. Thoughts that say quit, give up. I am already made the decision. Would you bow your head, please? Gave you a lot of information. But I think this is the most important part. Who needs to make an unwavering commitment to God? Not just to believe, but to be a true follower of Jesus, To be one belonging to Jesus. God has love for you that you can't imagine. He's willing to forgive you. It doesn't make sense. And hear me, he's committed to you. The Bible says, for the joy set before him, He endured the cross. He was committed. You were the joy set before him. If you need Jesus to be the Lord of your life, you know exactly what I mean when I say that. You might believe in him, but you need him to be the Lord. You want to put him first place. If that's you, would you raise your hand? No shame. Yes. No shame. Yes, yes. You can put your hand down. The Lord sees those hands. Anyone else? Man, I need to make Jesus the Lord. I need to go all in. I need to do it fully. Anyone else? That's you. Would you raise your hand? Yes. You can put your hand down. God bless you. Thank you. The Lord sees that commitment. You're, you're raising your hand. You're saying, "I'm going to commit." Anyone else? We're fixing to pray. Praise God for you. The Holy Spirit's going to help you. All oh, you're going to begin thinking like Christ. You're going to see blessings church can we pray it together like we always do if you're watching online you raised your hand the lord saw you right there and we're fixing to pray it and we're going to pray it together i'll give you the words you give the lord your heart let's pray it church heavenly father thank you for loving me so much that you gave your son jesus to die on the cross for my sins i'm a sinner i need a savior Would you forgive me for all my sins? Would you come into my heart? And would you change my life? And Lord, I'm committing it to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, we had four or five people that raised their hands to commit freshly to Jesus. Come on, let's praise him. Let's thank him for that. Commit to his house, y'all. Be there when the doors of the church open. Come expecting. Commit your finances to the Lord. Commit your family to the Lord. I mean, commit wholeheartedly. I want to pray one other prayer. And I think it has to deal with forgiveness. And man, I'm telling you, forgiveness, hear me. Forgiveness will wipe you out spiritually. Unforgiveness. Unforgiveness will wipe you out spiritually. Jesus said, if you don't forgive others their sins, you can't be forgiven your sins. See, that was enough right there. I don't have an option because I got too many sins that had to be forgiven. And man, I mean, look, it's not easy. I'm not saying it is. But I don't have an option to hold on forgiveness because I need forgiveness want everybody to be real quiet at this moment okay so we're going to ask for forgiveness would you bow your head please pastor how do i know if i'm holding unforgiveness there's going to be a person that comes to mind can you say i forgive in jesus name how hard is that is that mine you start thinking about that person i don't know if it's them or not i don't know Go ahead and say, I forgive them in Jesus' name. And if you struggle with that, let's go ahead and ask the Lord to help us with that. How many of you got someone right now that you need help? The Lord needs to help you, and you're willing to if he helps you, but you need help. Would you raise your hand? No shame, no shame. Yes, 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 yes. You can put your hands down. Anyone else, I need help with this, Jesus. I'm willing, but I need help. Lord, you saw those hands that were raised, you know what they went through, it was not fair, Lord, they were done wrong, and it seems like that if we forgive them, they're going to get off easy, free, Lord, it's hurting them too much, help them by your spirit to forgive, in the name of Jesus. Satan is trying to use that against them to keep them bound. And Lord, today that stops in Jesus' name. You're going to help them to forgive and be free. And Lord, I thank you. You're doing that. And I give you praise for that. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Can we just give God another praise, y'all? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Man, it's been a... Good day in the Lord's house. If you are, if you came today, I met some folks for the first time. We would love for you to come and stay for the lunch. You don't have to listen to me preach again. You can go and come back if you like. It's going to be following the second service for all those new to move. Um, uh, Following the second service, it's going to be a, a good time to get to know you and for you to get to know our church. We thank God for you. This Wednesday is first Wednesday. I have people all the time to say, Oh, I didn't know it was first Wednesday. A first Wednesday is the first Wednesday of the month. <laughs> so whenever you see that first Wednesday coming around, guess what? It's first Wednesday. And it's first Wednesday service. 6:30 to 7:30. We have a great time worshiping and hearing from the Lord. Come and join us. That's this Wednesday. Hey, God bless you. Thank you. Give it up for our Gideon ministry. Thank you. Chandler is a part of our church. So glad he's uh, evolved to that ministry. And look, don't forget to give your offering. Put Gideon Ministry on that, or you can give online. Let me bless you. Would you raise your hand? The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. God bless you. Have a great Sunday.